<laughs> Welcome to the Bookworthy Podcast. I'm children's author Valerie Fentress, and we are here to talk about kid lit that's good for your kids' hearts and souls. Kid lit ranges from birth to teens, so there is a lot of shelf space to cover. Today, we're talking with Valerie Ellis, and she is the mom of two and one of the contributors at Our Everyday Parables, which seeks to help family use everyday moments and excellent books to grow in faith and compassion. Today, we're talking about Valerie's debut children's book, Share the Joy, a Christmas lift flat book from Paraclete Press. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> so glad to have you here. But we have to start with a tricky question. Does your Christmas tree go up before Thanksgiving or after? Okay, Valerie, I didn't know we were going getting this contentious right away. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's a good question. And it actually varies depending on what we have going on. So if we have a big trip and we're going to be leaving before Christmas, then we'll usually put it up beforehand. But Or if it's one of those years where there's just uh, not a lot of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, do you know how sometimes that works? Yeah. We'll put it up beforehand. My husband is kind of like, it's real hard for him to do that. He likes to wait till after Thanksgiving, but he gives in to me because I love to enjoy the tree. So it's not about skipping over Thanksgiving, but I do like to have time to enjoy my tree. Oh, okay. Then the second question about the Christmas tree, real or artificial? Artificial. And if I could build a closet in my house that I could just leave it decorated and wheel it in and out, I would be so happy. <laughs> we have to do artificial trees at our house too. I'm allergic to cedar. And so I went and spent the night at a friend's house as a kid and they had a real Christmas tree and I woke up at two in the morning and sneezed my brains out. And so I was yes. like, okay, yes. yep, artificial for us. Yeah. I feel like I'm keeping enough living things going like the kids and then, you know, like managing the food and making sure that doesn't spoil. So I think a tree is just like a little too much for me. I hear you. Keeping the kids watered is hard enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it may seem a little early to be talking about Christmas, but what is one of your favorite uh, childhood Christmas memories? Okay. Well, I have a lot of them. I'm thankful for that. But since this book is um, for very small kids, I'll ha I'll tell you my earliest Christmas memory, which is um, I had snuck out of bed and my parents were talking about our Christmas presents. And they did, they like must have known that we maybe were listening because they were spelling things. But they had said, we're going to put the Barbies up in the top of the closet to make room for the D-O-L-L-Y-P-O-P-S, which I'm probably dating myself because it's like a toy from the 70s, Dolly Pops. They're like these plastic things that had plastic clothes that snapped and I really wanted them. And so I, I said, I jumped out and I said, Dolly Pops. And they were like, oh my gosh, she's thinking she can spell a big word like Dolly Pops, but I couldn't <laughs> spell. I just knew that if they were putting up some of my dolls, and they were talking about get another kind of doll. And I really wanted that, but it was Dolly Paws. But for a minute, they thought I could spell. <laughs> you were showing them up yeah. at the age of three. Way fun. <laughs> well, how did your Christmas traditions and memories help you write Share the Joy? That's a great question. And I'll just show, this is just the, um, I don't have the book yet. Um, because but this is just the card that is about half the size of the book. So it is about, um, it's a book about 
sharing and caring at Christmas, but it has that element of surprise because it's a lift the flap. So you think the child is um, just decorating the tree with their family or just decorating the tree and then you lift the flap and they're having family time. Or you think the child is receiving a gift and then you lift the flap and she's giving it to another child. So kind of trying to tie in, like you said, Christmas traditions with caring and sharing for others. So our Christmas traditions were very warm and I loved them. I loved light looking. I loved all the things, decorating the tree. I mean, sometimes my kids are like, hmm, do we have to go look at Christmas lights? But not me. I was there for all of it. But I do remember um, even like at 11, 12, 13 years old and being raised in a Christian home, knowing like I am way more excited about these presents than I am about anything about Jesus, you know, which now I'm older and I understand like there's nothing wrong with being excited about the things that God has given us. But at the time I was having a hard time like integrating that, you know, into my reality as a kid. And I even remember at the time thinking like, how can we help? Like when I'm older and I have kids, like how will I help them? And I was a kid myself, right? So it's just funny. I was like, how will I help them like love worshiping? And and then when I got older, it was how do I help my own kids realize that, you know, the best way we can celebrate the greatest servant of all is by serving others. And so, you know, that became later part of my desire. And so I looked back at our Christmas traditions and I was like, I do. I get so excited about having hot chocolate, even though here in Houston, it's like maybe 78 degrees. Right. But, or, you know, like why? And so I was thinking about how, you know, like all growing up, like we had all these representations of all of these um, traditions, some of which fit our climate, some of which don't, but, you know, and all of these warm experiences, whether they were the ones we were having or the ones on TV or in books or in Christmas songs, you know, and so that just was part of our culture. And so I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if all of those warm feelings that kids feel about um, getting to go down and get their Christmas presents and, you know, um, sitting by the fire with their family or whatever their favorites are, if they had those same warm, um, enticing feelings about serving others and about worshiping the Lord. And so, you know, with this book, I very much didn't want to pit traditions versus worship, but rather show it as a way to expand joy. So we have our traditions. And then when we open our hearts and we share them with others, or we realize God is in the middle of them, then they become even more joyful. That's amazing. And such a great message for our, you know, young kids and, you know, even for the older kids too, sometimes, because <laughs> it can be so easy to get caught up in all the excitement of Christmas and forget that the whole heart of Christmas itself is to share and to serve. And I love that's what you've done with your book is to incorporate both the excitement and the serving. Now, um, how do you, or how have you taught your kids to define joy? Hmm. That's a hard one. <laughs> that is a hard one. And I, I've actually been thinking about joy a lot lately, not just because of this book, but because I have another project I want to get up on the blog about joy and uh, but coming at it from a different angle. And so, you know, I think 
when I was growing up, we had a big definition between happiness and joy, you know, like it was a big thing. I haven't really gone that direction with my kids to, to define joy specifically, but I think that, you know, for me, one of the most joyful things we can do is discover. So I have been trying to teach my kids to like discover, like we might not be get what, getting what we want, but like where, where is God in this? Like, how can we open our hearts to what God is, is trying to show us in this? Or if we are having a happy moment, you know, where is the deeper joy in that? So mm -hmm. through discovery and trying to be open hearted, I think is where we kind of come at joy in my family. That's really neat. Cause it's, was it joy is one of those really hard words to explain because it gets wrapped up in, um, what is it? Happiness. It's like, well, joy isn't happiness and happiness isn't joy and you can have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so as a, I think I know in our home trying to communicate that joy is a feeling of, what is it? It's not happiness, but despite your circumstances, you're content and yeah, yeah. know that God is still good and still um, acting, no, even if you're not getting the thing that you want under the Christmas tree. And that's one of the things I love about Christmas is every year my kids are like, this is the best Christmas ever. And I'm like, I think we forgot this gift. That was like the number one thing on their list. And they're just like, this is the best Christmas ever because it is just Christmas. It's yeah. not so much about the stuff. And that's always a lot of fun to watch just kids to get it without having to truly be taught. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Too fun. Now with this book, it's for younger kids and uh, a little bit. Uh, what do you want the number one takeaway to be from this book for kiddos? Well, I think you've hit on it. I think it's um, about growing joy for everyone. So when we give and share and bring our gifts to the Lord, even um, that brings joy to the Lord, that brings joy to the people we are giving to, but it also helps us have that sustaining joy that even though we're not maybe receiving at that moment, we're practicing something that's going to give us even deeper joy. And then hopefully, you know, like as we grow and I know I need this message as well. It's like, as we look outside ourselves, when we don't get those things we wanted at Christmas or when we don't have the perfect Christmas or we take our kids light looking and all they do is groan, you know, we, we also have, you know, these other practices that we're doing that aren't about us mm -hmm. that really truly make Christmas joyful and help us break out of that cultural a tendency to craft the perfect Christmas and put all this pressure on ourselves. And when we make it not about us, we make it about others kind of insulates us from that. Very neat. Now you have a lot of extra resources that come along with that, uh, this book. Can you tell us a little bit about those resources? Yes, I'd love to, because I'm very excited about them. So the publisher is Paraclete Press and they work really hard to, um, well, along with me, we created a packet for teachers and parents to to go along with the book. So there's a page um, of just reading tips, like ideas for questions you can ask um, to make really make the book your own with your kids. There is a sheet of ideas for how to have a party, like if your church or your neighborhood wanted to have 
the book at the party, you read the book. There's some games listed. There's some Bible verses and things you could center on. And um, even there's ideas for older kids too, because even though an older kid might not pick up the book and say, you know, like, this is the book I want for Christmas if they're like 10 years old. But if you're at a party and you're reading the book, you know, it's still, all kids love to be read to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the message of the book is universal. So then one of my favorite things in the packet that really can be used all year long is a share the joy jar activity. And it's 24, um, like, uh, cut apart cards that have ideas for um, sharing and caring at Christmas. And they can be as small as like, if you're in a Sunday school group where you're with your family, like share something you love about the person on the right, or as big as, um, you know, go to a food pantry and, and donate. So you can pick the ones that fit your family. If you're like, we, we are not going to make cards for the hospital because either a, they always get cards at Christmas and we do that in July, or, you know, we don't have time for that. And this is not about me crafting the perfect Christmas. Like I said earlier, then you just pick the ones you want, you put them in a jar and then you decide the schedule. So maybe once a week or maybe, um, all the days leading up to Christmas or the 12 days of Christmas, depending on how many you put in there, you can draw out something and as a family serve together. So I love that one. Um, And then there's a cookie recipe and tags to color. So they can color the tags, make the cookies, give them to their neighbors. And the recipe is delicious. I'm going to be posting (laughs) about it on Instagram soon, but um, you can get all the goodies when you pre-order and you enter your info at sharethejoybook.com. That's amazing. Cause that's one thing about books is to not only just make it about sitting down and reading, which I could do that all day, but to give both parents or uh, caregivers just those tangible like next steps to implement the ideas that they're reading about. And I love all that you've put together with that. And just because even like as a mom myself, just like, oh, this is great. Yes, we should think of all these things we should could do, but it gets so overwhelming. So to provide that and to give people that resource to be able to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we can take this and move forward. It's not so daunting and doesn't have to add to the already Christmas crazy. (laughs) Right. Because the other thing I'll be doing this uh, fall and winter is speaking to mom's groups about, you know, this very topic. And so by tying Christmas traditions to um, service activities, the idea is to make them less daunting. So you're already making cookies, you know, double the recipe, or you're already coloring Christmas cards, you know, give some away or attach them to a gift card at Target and, you know, share about God's love and hide, hide the gift cards somewhere in the store. That was an idea that someone um, gave me that's actually in the packet. So yeah, that was such a great idea that she had. And so easy, but then also builds on that plants those seeds to help kids to be rooted in loving others and showing God's love in that way. You know, Christmas is a time when a lot of people who maybe haven't grown up in the church or, um, you know, had maybe had a bad experience in the church are more open to the Lord. And so when we serve at this time, even though it's wonderful to do it all year long, sometimes that can help draw people. Very neat. Now, what is your favorite Christmas book, Valerie? 
Valerie? <laughs> this is a hard question. This is a hard. <laughs> yes. Um, so my son the other day, he had to fill out something for school that said my favorite movie, my favorite this, my favorite that. And he's like, I'm just going to leave them blank. I don't like people judging me. <laughs> like, you are so cute. But I do feel like it's really hard to pick a favorite. But I will say um, Mouse's Christmas Gift is a wonderful book by Mindy Baker that shares uh, just about this. And Mouse um, basically goes outside of himself to save the Christmas Eve service. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's sweet. And last year, my eight-year-old read it and he was like, it's such a good book. So I feel like when my kids unsolicited will um, comment about something, he's like, because the ending, I'm like, I know it's so great. So anyway, but sweet. speaking of childhood memories, I'll also say um, The Sweet Smell of Christmas is a, a like a classic Christmas book. It's a scratch and sniff, even though mine don't sniff anymore. But um, it is that book that inspired me to think about Christmas traditions in such a warm way. It's just such, yeah. a, such a cute, sweet book. So fun. It's always hard to pick just one. <laughs> well, kind of on our book theme here, what's the most impactful book in your life, Valerie, other than the Bible? Um... Yeah, that's really hard for me too. But I will say that, well, how about a children's Bible? Because <laughs> I wanted, because what came to mind was um, the Jesus Storybook Bible came out at a time when my kids were very young. And I was also going through a time of like uh, looking at my faith in a different way. And just the way that Sally Lloyd Jones, um, the voice that she used to talk about God's love just really impacted me. I actually ended up buying it for everyone in my family, even the people who didn't have kids. I was just like, y'all, we all need this book. So I'd say that one, you know, it was a while ago, but that had a big impact on me. And then um, the ruthless elimination of hurry, I would say is something that's impacting me now. Okay. Um, I was scared to read it because eliminating hurry is not in my DNA. But I loved it and actually I'm going through it with my kids right now too. So we're very interesting. Maybe halfway done. Too fun. Well, so we talked about your favorite Christmas book, but what is your favorite children's book other than your own? Okay. So I thought this question might be coming and I asked my kids because they know I have a lot of favorite books. I'm like, y'all, what's my favorite book? And they were right. So they said, um, I did grab this one, um, how this book was made. And I feel like, Valerie, you're an author. And on your platform, you probably have a lot of authors and writers um, listening in. So I'll say that book is great for kids and authors. I just felt so seen. Do you know the book? I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just felt so seen when I read it and talking about drafts and what they're good for, which basically spoiler alert is like setting a fire to scare away a tiger, <laughs> <laughs> but it does teach kids about writing and publishing. And at the end, it has a great message about how a book is not finished until it has a reader. And yeah. I definitely feel that way about my book as well. So. That's right. And then what is it? The reader can, keeps reading and shares it even more and it makes a bigger impact. So it, it, a never ending story in a sense. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. 
Too fun. Well, uh, you mentioned one book that you're reading right now. What else are you reading? So I'm reading um, Habits of the Household. At least I was until Libby returned it for me when I wasn't finished. So now I have to wait again to get it. (laughs) No, I actually have the hard copy to a friend lent to me, but um, I just, audiobooks are just my jam. So I'll, I'll wait to finish it. But I feel like Habits and Household two words that don't get me super excited, but I'm really finding the book is beautiful. So I'm not finished with it yet. So I can't, you know, like wholeheartedly, I don't know. Um, Give a full summary. Right. Book report right now. Book report. But so far (laughs) I'm loving it. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. Definitely two words that are more of a struggle than something I would pull off the shelf. So that's definitely something I, I might need to check out. Now, Valerie, what can we expect next from you? So um, I have two books that will be coming out in, t- well, one doesn't have a date yet. For sure, one that will be coming out in 2025, another one, you know, like TBA. And um, I can't really share too much about them, except that one is for the next age group up. So okay. like um, six, uh, let me think, four to eight. Mm-hmm. And one that is for the next age group up group up somewhere like six to 10. So wow. I'm really excited about them. I just turned in the rough draft for the manuscript of the third one in July. So um, yeah, so it's exciting. Very exciting. I, I love that you're not just staying in one age group, but you know, you have a message for all age groups because what is it? If we don't catch it young, we can still catch a message you know, from six to 10 or eight to 12, God always pursues us no matter our age. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that. He he is so good. Well, Valerie, where can people find out more about you? So yes, like you said at the top, our Everyday Parables is an online resource for parents, teachers, and um, I write there. Um, We have a newsletter that also includes info about my author stuff. So you can check that out if you want a free um, list of my favorite books. We've talked a lot about books, not just mine, but the some that we've pulled together um, as authors of the blog that are in five categories, five age groups. So 75 recommendations in all. You can go to our our Everyday Parables backslash books. And I'll take you right to where you can sign up for the newsletter, get the freebie. And then I'm on Instagram at I am Valerie Ellis. Um, and my website is ValerieEllis.com if you're interested in speaking. So those are probably the three main places that I hang out. Yeah. Very neat. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for joining us today and to share a little bit about your sweet little book. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I know it's like um, board books sometimes can seem like the simple thing, but I feel like there's been so much love like from not just me, the publisher, the illustrator behind this book. And so I feel like it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than meets the eye. <laughs> there's a lot to it for sure. There's a lot to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Valerie, for being here with us. Thank you, Valerie. It's my pleasure. <laughs> And thank you for joining Valerie and me on this episode of the Bookworthy Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any books or links that we discussed and hit the like and subscribe button so we can discover more great books together. Happy reading.
Yay! Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I forgot to ask you. I was assuming we were going to be on YouTube too, but that's why I kept holding up things. And then I was like, Oh, you're oh. good. This is, it's, sorry, it seems to be still recording. I'm trying to get it to stop. Oh. <laughs> I'll edit it. I will upload to YouTube as well as, okay. so it'll be a podcast as well as 